Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. All right, we want to um, read... This is a message of Paul, the missionary, in, um, in Mars, Mars Hill, in Athens. All right. Are you there? Yeah. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and behold, held your devotions, I found an altar with this instruction to the unknown God. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and had determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. That's 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Amen. Amen. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Amen. Our subject is in Him we move. All right? In Him we move. Now, just a short message, but it's very important. Amen. Amen. Uh, movement is something that you find uh, in the Bible, all right? And uh, in the Christian experience, it is very, very important to keep moving because whenever we walk into one good chapter, one good aspect of Christianity. It's so good that we've had it. We don't want anything else because, man, this is it. Amen. Amen. The most interesting thing on this earth is God. God is the most fascinating Thing. And the most absorbing, and if, if, you, if you know just a little about God, I mean, you would not be interested in even watching a video or looking into anything that looks interesting. Like I said, the most interesting thing is God. Amen. Amen. So, 
when people find even one thing about God, <laughs> the side effect of that discovery is that they get glued to that discovery. Do you see? And then they stop moving. So in him they freeze. In him they are stuck. And then there is no more development. So if you look at the church, you'll find out that instead of, let's take from the oldest church, the Catholic church, the Protestant church, which was like the Anglicans, and then the Methodists, and then we had the, what? Presbyterians, the Baptists, and the uh, Lutherans, and the Pentecostals, and instead of the Catholic church maybe becoming a Pentecostal church, you have to get a new group and start with them from Pentecostalism. Do you see? And then move with them. Then the Pentecostals now become so happy with their tongues that you got to get a new group of uneducated people and start a charismatic, what do you call it, with them on the side. Because the Pentecostals are now whatever. Then the charismatics are there, then you've got to lay them aside because they are so much into their prosperity and whatever that you've got to get another group who will get up and preach about the cross or about whatever, you know, we need for the last day. And then, you see, that's why there are so many groups. It's groups that have turned into monuments. Movements that turned into monuments. And so new movements had to be started with new people. And you heard that saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. As soon as we become a little older, we can't be taught anything new. I spoke to a man, he's 80 years old, and he said to me, I had just preached, I had preached at somebody's wedding and I had preached and after the wedding he met, happened to meet me at the uh, bride's house. So he said to me, I heard you preaching and I want to tell you something, young man. He said, I want you to know I will never change. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said to me. He said, I want you to know, young man, I will never change. That's what he said to me. I will never change. And then he went on and he said to me, I am not born again. And I will never be born again. <laughs> That's what he said to me. It's, it's not something I read or I heard. It's something that he stood almost into my face. He told me, young man, I want you to know I will never change. And I want you to know I will never be born again. That I heard you preaching, but I want you to know. And he said to me, I am 80 years old and I will never change. 
Do you see? Are you listening to me? All right. But the reason why I'm sharing this is because what is going on behind me? Huh? Because. All right. <laughs> okay. The reason, uh, what was I even saying? <laughs> okay. Okay. It's a good message. Are you listening? All right. Um, the reason why we must move is so that we keep on staying close to the Lord. Because the Spirit is moving. Amen. Amen. And it won't take much for us to turn into frozen historical specimens and examples of churches. And we really need to keep moving with God. So today, um, I don't know where to start, really, because there are so many ways to go. But um, let me give you the principles of movement. But before we do that, I just want you to notice that you will notice the word walk in the Bible. Walk in the spirit. Amen. Amen. Walk in love. Walk in, in him. Walk in wisdom. Walk in or walk in the light. Walk in light. Walk in his commandments. Walk in truth. Walk honestly. Walk worthily. Huh? Walk according to this rule. You notice that word. The movement. So there's no stand or stay worthily. Walk worthily. Do you understand? You see, and don't think the Bible is just some kind of literature. Try to use poetic words to illustrate things. No. The Bible is saying what it wants to say. God is saying what he wants it. And in fact, being born again, and even charismatic churches, came about by taking the word born again seriously. Because we took it seriously that don't just join the church, be confirmed and be baptized, but you need to take that word born again seriously. That's what gave rise to all these churches. That we took a, a, a single word or two words seriously that literally... When you say literally, it means really and practically and truthfully and exactly as it says, you have to actually be reborn. We literally believe it. But you see, before we used to gloss over it. We used to scan over it. We used to pass over it, not really taking it so seriously. But 
All these churches have come about because we literally believe that everybody must actually have an experience which is called being born again. A term which is mentioned only once in the Bible. So, literally believe in the word walk. It will change your life. That walking is a movement. And that it actually means to move. Move in truth. It's a walk in the... I have no greater doubt than here that my children walk in truth. That my children are moving within the truth. They are moving. Walk in light. Walk in the spirit. Walk in wisdom. Walk. They move. But they move in light. Because there's another said, there's walk in darkness. Walk after the flesh. Walk as men. Walking as Gentiles walk. Walking disorderly. Walking after ungodly lusts. Walking by sight. Walking after customs. There are various ways of moving. And as a non-believer, you realize that you graduate in sin. Is that not so? First you do this, then you do that, then you do that. You are moving into other things. Are you listening to me? So, there is supposed to be movement in Christ. Now, even in this church, people have become frozen. And if I, as a pastor, I don't rise up with strength and find a way of keeping on moving, I will freeze. Because my people will freeze me. Look, long ago this building was filled. If you don't know, I'm telling you. In fact, when we moved here in 1993, April 11th, Sunday morning, the place was full. Then we expanded it, it was full. Then we built upstairs, it was full. And out there was full. Then we got a car park, 1998, Easter Sunday. Now the car park is also full. Long ago, we filled this building. I have enough church members all over to live happily ever after with my chauffeur-driven car. I have a chauffeur. Do you know what a chauffeur is? I have a chauffeur-driven car with a, a luxurious chauffeur-driven car and to live comfortably and happily ever after. Even if you people reduce to about even 250, I can be okay. I can still live comfortably. Do you understand? With, with my chauffeur-driven car and I'll be happy. And I heard Yongi Cho saying this many years ago. He said, I could live comfortably with my chauffeur-driven car. He told his wife they had had, I think, uh, 200,000 members, and he told his wife, let's go for a holiday in Japan. And she said, no, she doesn't want to go. He said, oh, we should go for a holiday. We're going. He said, no, no, I know you. When you go to Japan, you are going to have more visions and dreams <laughs> for the church. So, but he managed to convince his wife to go for the holiday. And so they went for the holiday. And when he was there, because he said, oh, now he's comfortable. He has a chauffeur-driven car. He's a big church, the biggest church in the world, 200,000 members. But as he was having his holiday in Japan, he had a new vision to have 500,000 members in his church. You see, but you realize that that vision to do something more, to go further, is what keeps the person moving on. Otherwise, you freeze because in this life, at a point, many of the things you are searching for, you will either have or you will see you will never have. I mean, these are the two 
ways. You either have it or you see that you will never have it. And either way, it helps you to revise your goals and your visions. Are you listening to me? And so you know, you know, that you've got to keep on moving. I've worked for a video now. I've got a video. Let me move. The video is not out of fashion. I have to work for DVD. <laughs> you get it. So, um, it's very, very important for us to keep on moving. Moving. And as we move, you know, we will come into the more exciting things that God has for us. So let me give you the principles of movement. Number one, what is emphasized today will not be emphasized in the next season. That's the principle. When you move on in the Lord and ask the Lord himself, because you see the Lord himself is moving. So you will find out that what is emphasized in one at one point is not what is emphasized at another point. All right? This is where we get the song through all the changing scenes of life. As you go through life, there are many changing scenes. So what is emphasized in today's era is not what will be emphasized in the next era. So if you are so happy with what was emphasized today, when the Lord has moved on, you will still be claiming that this is the first and only move of God as far as you are concerned. This is what you know. But God has moved on. And he's no more emphasizing what he used to emphasize. Because he has his own reasons. Because God is moving. Look, God is about saving this world. He's trying to save this world. And as the world is also changing rapidly, look at Ghana. How many changes there have been in this country. So many changes of government and so many changes even in the nature of the people. For instance, there is a larger English-speaking population in Ghana than there ever has been. Because some time ago, you couldn't get so many people, if you were to have a church which was English-speaking, like ours, you wouldn't have many people to go to that church. Because most people in Ghana do, didn't or don't go much to school. And also the school and the education is in English and the language they speak is tree. You understand what I'm saying? So it, it made a large percentage of our population look as though they were illiterate, although they were not really illiterate. And you have, that's why the most popular programs in, on Ghana television are what? Do they still do it? Obra? And what? Osofodazi. Concert party. Agro. Obra and Agro. Okay. These are the two most popular programs because, because the majority of the people flow and speak those languages flow better in those languages. But more people are becoming uh, English speaking. Uh, businesses have changed the internet, the type of television, CNN. You know, even if you want to do a coup 
or something, you know, you will, you, will, you, will, you will not be so popular. You know, because people are watching things on TV. We are watching wars, we are watching things. And it was not like that before. Some years ago, we just had black and white television. We had what GBC told us. You get what I'm saying? There was no FM station in Ghana. Just a few years ago. You get what I'm saying? There was no FM, there was nobody preaching on television. Just cast your mind back. I think about six years ago, there was no preacher on television in Ghana, or even five years ago. And today, you have so many people preaching on TV. So, you know, if you sit back and say, me, my church has grown without television, my church has grown without radio. You know, and people have moved on, or even the whole society is changing. You know, and you sit back in what was being emphasized before, because it was so great. You are going to miss God. And you see, as you get older, all of us, we, we develop prejudices. Is this the right word? Is this the plural of prejudice? Prejudices. Okay. I, I, you are the English teacher, so tell me if it's wrong so that I can... Because uh, the people believe that what I'm saying is correct. <laughs> okay? So... Uh, you develop prejudices. If you don't like this group, you become more hardened. You get more evidence every day. As you get older, you say, ah, Ashantis, I know them. They are like this, they are like this, like this. Ah, always, they are like this, like that, this, like As you, that's why the older you are, the more polarized you are. Whereas younger people, they don't even know that. I don't even know that my best friend is a gun or my beloved is an airway or my friend is an ashanti we are we know we are not conscious of it but as you grow older you become more conscious of it we start to be conscious of it because we're getting older we are becoming hardened stiffened uh, uh, develop certain attitudes and the mind about it because they have been proved over and over and over and over and over to us. Uh, many people of a certain age, if any soldier stands up in Ghana to say he's taking over this country, a lot of a lot of us who were here, me, I heard it with my ears. I heard those words. The ranks have taken over the country. I heard it with my two ears. My wife said I shouldn't say ears. I heard it with my ears. Is it correct? Ears. <laughs> I, I remember when the planes were flying over Achimota. I've seen tankers rolling in Accra before. Some of you were not, but I've seen the tankers. You see that tanks are moving. These pins goers or whatever they call them. You see, I've seen them three moving in Accra around 37. I've been chased by soldiers and police before me and I escaped. coming again, what will I say? This I know. Have I told you that story before? <laughs> I've not told you that story before. I had a friend, we were studying for literature, exam, O-level, and he memorized Macbeth, the whole thing. So sometimes we'll be there as if a radio, he'll be lying on his bed saying that, saying that. One day himself came by, he stood up. <laughs> a 
and he stood out of his bed, out of the banker, the, the bank, bank bed, and he said, ah, because it was just a few days, when I go to the exam room, and this thing comes, he was next in the place, he said, I will stand up in the exam hall, and I will say, this I know. <laughs> <laughs> this I know. <laughs> so if I'm in the house and I hear an announcement on the radio, I hear this song. Uh, what are the music? I will say, this I know. <laughs> I've seen one before. <laughs> if I hear any sergeant, any last corporal, a flying officer, a, a seaman, never captain, anybody coming to say something, I say, this I know this thing. I've seen one before. <laughs> so you see, you become but when the revolution happened in 1979. Do you know those who supported it? The young people, the students, in Legon, the university, they, they wrote all over the world, said, let the blood flow. Let the blood flow. They wrote, J.J. Rollins, Junior Jesus. Yeah, they welcomed him, but the older people, they said to themselves, this I know. Because they have seen, they were there when the, Kotoka came and overthrew the president. And one, two, three, four. General Ankara, General Kotoka, this, that, up and down, shooting, one, two, one, two, one, two. So when this one, two came, he said, This I know, but the younger people there, they said, Ah, this junior Jesus, let the blood flow. More people should be killed. And there is no one thing that has disturbed that government than the killing of the generals. There's no other factor that has disturbed them more than that. But that was what the young people were saying. Do it. So you see, when you are young, you are ready to flow. But as you get older, you become more unmovable. When you see a new thing, you say, mm, this I know. <laughs> this I know. This I know. I know this. I know this. I know this. Yeah. Anyway. So, what you see today that is being emphasized will not be emphasized in the next season. And you as an older person who was part of the move, you have to accept when God is doing something new, you have to accept it. If you fail to accept it, you will be left behind. Amen. Are you listening? Yeah. yeah. So you have to accept. So if you like, you can write it as a principle. You must accept when God is doing something new and a new move has come. You have to flow. Flow, brother, flow. Flow, sister, flow. I said flow, sister, flow. I said flow, brother, flow. So flow with the new thing. Amen. Amen. 
Now, the next thing is that there are, the next principle is that there are different categories, sections, departments, realms, levels of God's virtues and truths. There are different sections of God's virtues that he wants us to walk in. You must know that ex about the existence of different compartments within God's virtues. What do I mean by that? When you come to the word of God, there are different aspects. You have to know about the different compartments. When you talk about love, walk in love, what does it mean to walk in love? Keep progressing in love. Love is patient, love is kind, it's not jealous, it's not this, it's not proud, it's not arrogant. You can't just say love is patient, so my life is developing patience. There is another aspect of love which is not arrogant, which is humility, which is also love. So one word love has so many realms and levels and departments and sections. If you want to walk in the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is love, is joy, even love, there are departments. Joy, because some of you, you have the love, as it were, but you are not joyful, you are moody. You understand? You are so moody. You are not easy to relate with. You are not a nice person to relate with because you are so moody. You, nobody can easily be friends with you. You can't even do the work of God because of your squeezed face. Your, your face is so squeezed. One day we were driving and then the police stopped us and there was a lady, I'm sure I've told you the story before, but the story is good when you say them again. And the policeman shaking his torch. You know how they do it like this? So we stopped and then they opened the window and then he was... See how they do it. Have you seen them doing? I don't know what they are doing. Maybe they are spraying blessings on us. <laughs> and so they ask, everything okay? And then the lady said, mm. So at the end, the policeman said, Madam, why have you squeezed your face like that? She said, that's how it is. I squeeze my face. That is how my face is. It was not my wife, though, but it was somebody. Yeah. Let me save myself from that one first. <laughs> so, some of us are faced. That's how it is. It's not good. Joy, just joy. Just being joyful. Being cheerful. It's a spiritual thing. I say it's a spiritual thing to be happy. You may think that it's just uh, whatever moodiness. It's a spiritual thing to be happy. Joy is the normal mood of a Christian. So you may be patient, but you are not joyful. And so you think you are walking in the spirit, but without joy. The Bible says that, and you see, you, some of you can't believe that joy is, is something spiritual. When the Bible says the kingdom of God is, is what? 
righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's marvelous. So one thing in God that you are finding, it is, there are so many departments. Truth, truth there. And when point this is, I'm happy that my children are walking in truth. Oh, brother, if you don't keep moving, you, will, you will, can easily soon be a false prophet. Because one day, God will speak to you and say, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex, be a virgin, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. Then, one day you get married. Now the message has changed. Have sex, have sex, have sex, have sex, have sex. I mean the exact opposite. So if you don't walk in truth, or you just freeze in your don't have sex truth, I pray for the person that you get married to because you, be, you have frozen in an old truth and you are not flowing in the truth. And you'll be surprised that God's commandments sometimes are completely opposite depending on the time. Amen. Amen. So you have to know that there are different levels, different things. Oh, when it's love, when it's light. Walking in the light, there are levels of light. There's more light. When more light is coming, more things are being exposed. Can you walk when everything is being exposed? Or when just some things are being exposed? When we are going with more light, floodlights. There are realms. That's why he said, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temper. To t- it's like the things you have to add. It's like, you know, when I add to my faith virtue, I'm okay. No, no. Now add knowledge. No, I've now got it. No, it's not enough. Add temperance. After temperance, what again? Uh, self-control. So what again is there needed? More thi- so when you stop in one place, your Christian life ends very quickly. And that is what is happening to most Christians. Most ministries, most pastors. The next thing. The movement that happens in Christianity is because of the different seasons of God. You need to move because of different seasons. God does different things at different times. He's not just doing the same thing. Amen. Amen. There are seasons in which God works. There are seasons in which he does certain things. And we must be ready to flow with what he is doing for whichever season we have. So it may be a season of miracles and you are trying to flow in prosperity. It may be a season for sacrifice, and you are trying to flow in prosperity. It may be a season for prosperity, and you are trying to preach poverty. It may be a season for prosperity, and you are trying to preach sacrifice. Maybe when we are supposed to be reaping. So ladies and gentlemen, you must be prepared to move because I tell you there are times God will say move into the sacrifice mode 
that there are times he will say, move into the receiving mode. Receive things. One day I spoke to a brother. Somebody gave him a gift. And he gave it back. But I saw him doing it a few times. Till one day, I gave him a present myself. I gave him some money. He took the money, divided it into three envelopes, and gave me one back. Gave one to Reverend Saki, and then one to Pastor Eddie. And afterward, I called him. I said, my brother, listen. There is a, something you also have to learn. It's not only you giving something, but sometimes you also receive. And you have to know how to receive. Otherwise, you are not walking with God. Because God does not only teach you how to sow. He also teaches you how to reap. There is also time to reap. One time somebody gave me something. When I, when I, I know, oh, the Lord just gave me something through something and I was just sharing it. The Lord said, stop what you are doing. He said, this I have provided for you. Don't just dissipate it into the wind. It is a provision that I am making for you as you are sharing these things around. <laughs> yeah, because you see, sometimes we receive something and we want to feel that for me to have, I have to suffer in a particular way I have to get it in a particular because we know only two ways of getting things. Go to work and they give you salary, number one, or number two, uh, your father or your mother will give you something. These are the only two things that you know. But some of you have to learn that, look, God provides for you in different ways. And he may use some other means. And if you are foolish enough, that when God is now using something, especially what you never thought he would use, to provide for you, you got to be careful that you don't stay in the sowing mode when you must flow in the receiving. You become a fool because you are not receiving. And sometimes that's what well, you have also been sowing seeds for years. God is trying to give you something small. That one too, you can't receive. Your pride. It, this is the, the greatest inhibition to movement is pride. That was also a principle. You can write it. The greatest restriction to moving, to movement, is pride. Because you have magnified and glorified your old state to move into the new thing. Oh, it takes humility to accept that my, my thing that used to work is not working anymore. Pride prevents movement. Pride prevents movement. Pride prevents movement. Pride prevents movement. Pride keeps us from moving on. Pride keeps us from moving on. Who wrote lay people and the ministry? Is it not me? I wrote it. I wrote it. But you see, a time came, the Lord said to me one time, he said to me, employ 20 people. Clearly, he said, employ 20 people. Then, I counted the people that were we had employed. And I saw that there were almost 20. So I said, oh, one or two more. Then with 20. So after I did that, I was there. And then the Lord said to me again, employ 20 people. I said, employ 20 new people. Then the Lord started to, to deal with me to move into full time. That I need people to do the work that people have been doing as lay people as full time. But I wrote lay people in the ministry. I'm the champion of lay movements. 
all the churches all over the world that's working easily and working beautifully. It's lay people that are doing it. So now the Lord was telling me, you need full time. You need somebody full time to do this, to do this, to do this. You can't do it as a lay thing again. You need full time. I found it difficult. But I tell you, if I had not moved, and you know, I remember one time somebody came to me and said, how many people do you work? I said, oh, we have all these people all over the world. The number of people that are employed are just this. And the person, wow, that's very impressive. Woo, you go to keep, so yeah, employment very low. So I feel it very good. I know I don't employ many people because bad organizations employ a lot of people. Everybody's using a phone. Everybody's using a car. Everybody's doing something, generating bills. Soon it will collapse. So it's a sign of bad organization, overbloated employment. It's going to collapse soon. Just watch it. You understand? Bloated employment. If you go to the, I don't want to say, certain places, you see them reading graphic, doing lotto. You get what I'm saying? Doing nothing. Three watchmen, four watchmen sitting there watching forecasts. They are there all day. All night, another four has come. You get what I'm saying? So many watchmen, so many secretaries, 20 secretaries, one typewriter, and they are all there. So, it's one of the signs of a bad organization. So I felt very good. You know, I said, oh, yeah, we're running in so many countries, so, how many, so many hundred churches, whatever, just about 18 people employed. And the Lord said to me, employ hey even in my small delay the problems that i had by delaying i will not even bother to go into a little so you it takes it, you have to swallow your pride even your books and your teachings your mind your thought processes to flow with a new thing and when you fail to flow you get left behind. It's the same thing for some other people who have had a lot of full time. All they've known is full time. They have to flow into the lay and know how to have a lot of lay pastors and a lot of lay people. And due to the failure to move into it, that was also another problem. In fact, in Christ and in the church and the ministry, if you fail to flow and just keep moving within a short time, you, you'll be gone. You'll be gone. You will, not be, you will not be valid anymore. You'll not be useful anymore. So get rid of your pride. Stop hopping on. Oh, you know, I used to be in that church and we, we were, you know, I was one of the members of, uh, what do you call it, and, and, and what about now? And what about now? Ten virgins. No. Five virgins and five pretending to be virgins. Is that what the Bible says? How many virgins? Ten virgins. Were they virgins? You think they were virgins? How many came to the wedding? How many were ready when the wedding began? Huh? When, the wedding, when, the, when, when they were waiting for the wedding, how many were, were ready? Ten. Ten. How many had oil in their lamps? Ten. Ten had oil. When they came for the wedding, everybody had oil? 
How many had lamps? Ten. Ten had lamps. How many had spotted for the wedding? Ten. How many were there live? Live for the action? Ten. How many were left out, were refused? Why were they refused? Because they were not virgins? Because they didn't have lamps? Because they, they, they did not come for the right wedding? But what? Because they didn't have oil? Huh? They, they, did they used to have oil? I used to be will not be good enough to get you where you need to be. Let me say it again, because you didn't hear. I said, I used to be, I used to have, I used to do, will not be good enough to get you where you need to be. I used to be, I used to have, I was, I knew, I was there. Go to Achimata School, go to Augustine School, I used to be, go to Legon, I used to, I was, will not be good enough. That is the scripture that has kept me moving. This is the one scripture that has kept me. It's kept me on my track. It's kept me moving. It's kept me going. Because the Lord keeps on telling me, it's not good enough to say, I used to, I was a student leader when I was in school, when I was in Legon, when I was in the university, in a medical school. I used to be, I was. I used to have oil. I was. I had I wear me. But what about now? That's why one time I went to preach at, uh, on the campus and there were some guys hooting at me. Hooting. Making fun of, 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 of my preaching. And I could see some of the Christians were looking down on them and I said, careful. Some of these guys who are hooting will get saved shortly after school. And some of you who are sitting in the congregation as stable Christians will backslide. And these guys who will get saved, some of them will ra- advance rapidly and enter into things that you'll be surprised and you'll find yourself far behind. Look, the main thing is not that what I had, I used to be, I was, but it's what I am in the hour that he will call you and the hour that you'll be required to perform. Now listen, many, many years ago, I was a medical student at uh, University of Ghana Medical School. The bus used to come for us every 7 o'clock in the morning, 7 a.m., carry us all the way, how many kilometers, 25, 40 kilometers from Legon to Kolebu Hospital. And the bus would come, and sometimes we were late. You know, but we had a way of always manage, managing to get on the bus. But I remember one day, I had to get in front of the hall, Legon Hall, to get the bus. And myself and my roommate, we were late. We were eating. You get what I'm saying? We were eating. We're having a good time. Just like some of you are having a good time, doing nothing in the church, relaxing, watching all the time. So my roommate and I were eating some bread. I can still see the bread I was eating and I can still see the tea that I was drinking on that fateful morning. So I said to my roommate, I said, don't cash. Look, we got to go. The bus is coming. Sometimes we could hear the bus. And we said, oh, we'll get on the bus. So we got out of our room, 
and we started running to the front of the hall. As we got running to the front of the hall, I saw that the bus had moved. So we said, look, it's going to go to Commonwealth Hotel around and come back, and it's going to go down this way, and we can catch it there. So we took our time. Said, no problem, we know the route. <laughs> By the time the bus came around, and went we now had to reverse and go back to the hall then we started to run i remember that day very well running behind the bus <laughs> and calling you know what i was holding in my hand i was holding a bag full of dead men's bones every medical student had a whole set of bones from the head to the toe every single bone we had it in a bag mine was in my bag i had my medical books I had my white coat and I was concerned. Look, I'm a medical student, right? You better stop. <laughs> I passed my A level. You better stop. I passed my first FUE. You better stop. I qualify. I belong. You don't belong here. You were not here when we came. You were not ready when we came. You have all sorts of things you have, you qualify, but when we were actually there, you were not there. I was running with my boy. So you, you have to stop. We don't have to stop. We won't stop. And they didn't stop. We chased them. Sweat. My roommate and I was Charlie, we found find our way to Kolebo. How can we go to Kolebo at this time? Early in the morning, and we will miss our lecture. So that day I realized that you can be everything. But if at the time, the actual time, you are not ready. You'll be left behind. So you may be a lighthouse member. Maybe a lighthouse pastor. You may be waving your certificate. Look, I was appointed in 2003. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is my tithe card. Oh, yeah. In 1998, I was the one who received the best shepherd award. Oh, yeah. This time when we came, there were no shepherds. There were only tent makers. So we don't know shepherd. Current movement. We don't have shepherd. We have this. Oh, yeah. 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 You have too much confidence in what you used to be. This is how the Pharisees were. Our fathers, we have confidence in our Abraham and our fathers and other things. But what about today? That's what I always tell the students. You think you are spiritual today? A few seniors in life are coming to meet you. When you have been through one or two things, let's see whether you still have zeal and fire. Can't you see sometimes the older people in the church, they look very tired, very cool. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory be to God. We love you, Pastor. But we are going home. The young people can be here, but see you next time. I got to go. Hmm? Look at you. What do you do? In him we move. In him you froze. So don't forget, you got to keep walking. That is what keeps me going because I don't want to say, Lord, I'm the founder of Lighthouse uh, Chapel International. Uh, Lord, Lord, uh, look, 
No, I used to preach every Tuesday. Yeah, you used to preach. You know something? I'm a bit scared because, you know, my wife was telling me this story about uh, Reinhard Bonke when he, he, the man was raised from the dead at his service. You know what the man said? The man said that there were two angels following him everywhere in his life, marking the good. When he does good, then they write, then the bad one to the right. <laughs> and then, I tell you, and then, the man, there was a pastor who died, and the pastor said, that morning he had slapped his wife. So, he was, don't say, oh, I said, you don't know how to slap. So, he was very angry with his wife, and he was supposed to go to her. They told him, unforgiveness, dear, you go to hell. Hey! Unforgiveness, too, we are going to hell. It's in the Bible. Oh. Cast him out to be tormented. It's in the Bible. You have not forgiven, you are holding a grudge, fighting. It's in the Bible. And then anger. Jesus said, if you say to your brother, fool, Raka, you are in danger of hellfire. <laughs> Lord, who then can be saved? <laughs> That's why I say I'm worried. <laughs> are you also worried tonight? So that guy in that bonkish uh, story, the guy said that he was very angry. So when he came back from the dead, he went to reconcile with his wife immediately. You see, maybe as we go along, we are going to find even more definitions for salvation of what Jesus told us. Maybe we are so stuck with one definition that I have to receive Christ as my Lord and personal Savior and I shall be saved. Maybe we are going to find out that forgiveness, anger, and certain things can take you to hell. That's why we've we got to keep studying. We've got to keep moving in truth. Within the same truth, with their departments and levels. Now listen, supposing you get to heaven and it is really true that unforgiveness can take you to hell. Huh? There is a very serious... You know, do you know the first place I read this thing? Helen Baxter. She wrote a book, Divine Revelation of Hell. And in that book, there are some ladies sitting in hell. There are or some people, they are sitting in hell. They are not happy at all. So they bore grudges against various people. We've got to keep learning. Because so I was born again. I received Christ on the 24th of August, 1986, uh, at a, 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 a crusade at which uh, Brother T.L. Osborne preached. So I'm a born-again Christian and whatever. You know, I, I hate this, but I'll kill this one. I've killed three people or whatever. But I received Christ in 1986 on the 20th of August. Oh, yeah. You got to keep walking in truth. You can't just stay with one old truth that you have. You got to keep walking in truth. The man on the cross, he never went for new converse classes. That means you can have a church without new converse classes. Because he went to heaven without new converse classes. He didn't have Holy Ghost baptism. He didn't speak in time, but he went to heaven. Jesus said, today, today. How many would like Jesus to tell you, we're going home today. Hey, and the thief had it on the cross. 
without Holy Ghost baptism. You may have to open your minds and learn something new. All is truth. But pride will not let us accept something that is different from what we have believed. Amen. Amen. Are you there? The next one. Some of the departments or the different levels or departments or sections or categories are totally opposite and contrary to each other, but they are apart. Amen. So sometimes, what I mean is that some of the things we have to move between to and fro or to and from are contrary, contrary to each other. They are completely opposite. What do I mean? Like I was telling you, God may tell you do not have sex. The next moment he's telling you have sex. That is what you need to do. In one moment Jesus will say I'm the prince of peace. The next moment he said, think not that I came to bring peace. Don't think that I've come to bring peace. And so in one moment you have to know that he is the prince of peace. He's the son of God. He's bringing peace. There should be peace at home. And you read the scripture which says that, you know, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by them that make peace. Such scripture, peace, the peace of God which passes all. And then the next moment Jesus will say, think not. That I came to bring peace. I came to set a mother against a father, and this against a wife, against a husband, brother against a sister, sisters against brothers. It is also there. You have to keep moving from one truth within truth. It's all working in truth. And so sometimes somebody has to do something. You have to serve God, and it will not bring peace. But because your mind is that anything I do, there must be peace. Now that you have to serve God and it will bring problems, and that is the right thing to do, is to bring the world that it will bring. You are not prepared to do it because you are, you are, you are not prepared to move on because your mind is that only prince of peace which brings peace that passes understanding. And therefore, I'm not prepared to take a stand even though it's going to bring war. And I'm not prepared to take a stand on this. You know? Recently, I was looking at certain orangus, and I was telling the Lord that, look, I'm tired of fighting these people. They are all going to perish anyway. I just want peace. I want love. I want love and happiness and peace. I don't want to get into a conflict with anybody. And one day, the Spirit of God said to me, listen, as long as you are here, you are going to have to fight. And he asked me, are you tired of fighting? I said, no, sir. I'm not tired of fighting again. I'll fight. And immediately I received a renewed strength to fight Orangus and all rebels and people that want to walk disorderly. I'm ready to fight you if you want to fight and engage in battle. I'm ready to take on the world. But the Bible says, fight the good fight. The one who said, I'm bringing peace. Said, fight the good fight. <laughs> because I like peace. I like love. How many like love? Uh, you like peace? You like joy? You like happiness? You like calmness? 
But sometimes you have to fight. Sometimes you have to fight for certain things to be. Otherwise, they will never be. And if you keep this peaceful whatever attitude and you don't work on another, there are departments in the truth. One department is no war. Another department is war. You need the Spirit of God to tell you which one is it for today. Is it for war or for peace? Some of you are the place, some of you are pastors, lay ministers. You have to fight certain things. When you fight certain things, it will bring peace forever. When you resist certain things and you have a battle for some time, the thing will go forever. But if you just welcome it, so come and stay in the house, only stay at this area. Don't bring too much trouble. Sometimes you battle two, three times, and the Lord is saying, How oh, you don't want to fight on? Some things you need to fight, like Elisha told the prophet, you know, hit the ground six times before the thing will be over. You've got to fight six times before certain battles will be truly over. Don't be tired of fighting. Because he is the Lord of hosts. The hosts are the hosts of war. The troops. He's also called the Lord of hosts. And he's called the Prince of Peace. You have to know when you have to fight. And you have to know when you have to just flow peacefully. Jesus has showed us one very kind side. When they were beating him, he didn't mind them. They were slapping him, and they didn't mind, he didn't mind them. But next time he comes, they will be saying, oh, gentle Jesus. And so, <laughs> I've changed my gentle Jesus jacket. I'm now wearing warrior Jesus jacket with fire and a sword in my hand. I'm coming to kill all orangus. And the Bible says he will come on a white horse with a sword coming out of his mouth. He will devour and destroy all the enemies of the cross. Know that all are true. So don't think. Sometimes you see a pastor say, why is the pastor angry? The Bible says, be angry. There is a place where it says, be angry. And do not say, forget about it and the sin not. Let's take the first verse. It says, be angry. There are times that it is a sin not to be angry. It's actually a sin not to be angry at times. God is expecting you to be angry and you are happy. God is expecting you to be angry, you are happy. How can you be happy when God expects you to be happy? Can you imagine? How many have gotten upset with somebody? You know, when you expect the person to also see what you are seeing, but the person is rather laughing and doesn't see what you are annoyed about. Have you experienced something like that before? Yeah. Oh, why, why are you happy about it when I'm so angry? It happens between husbands and wives often. <laughs> and I'm tired that my wife will be, she's expecting me to also sin and I'm also flowing happily. And I'm also not seeing the revelation. Zigiligi. <laughs> well, the Bible also says, anger rests in the bosom of fools. Fools who get angry all the time. So you see, 
we are breaking when we walk in truth we break out of our traditions so, so go, go, you go to places and someone said hey I didn't know that pastors also get angry your mouth like pastors also don't get angry we also get angry we are supposed to get angry don't bring yourself this evening at all I said, look at some pastors that they are divorcing. Hey, charismatic fool. Yes. Go read the Bible. He said, I am come to set husband against his wife. It's in the Bible. That through the gospel, a husband can be against his wife and they can be separated. Go and read your Bible. He's the same one who said, what job God has joined together, let no man put asunder. That is it. Panaipo. God himself is a divorcee. He said in the prophet, he said, I the Lord have divorced thee. He has divorced Israel. So God is also a divorcee. What will you do now? Where will you go now? With your big mouth. And your high nose. Looking down on people. Criticizing things you don't understand. God himself is a divorcee, and you, you are what? So as for truth, when, when, when I, say, I have no greater joy than to see that my children walk in truth. You know, all those things, maybe we should take away in the spirit, in truth, in the, maybe we should just say, I have no greater than joy than to see that my children walk. That the fact that they are moving. Next principle is movement is the sign of life in you. It's the sign that you are still alive in Christ. Have you died and frozen in Christ? Huh? Listen, the Christian race is a long race and the fact that you are still alive means that God has things for you to do. For him. He wants you to do certain things for him. And the fact that you are alive in him is shown by the fact that you are moving on in the Lord. What movement do you have to show? What movement do you have? The sign of life in your life that you can see. You see some people, they say, oh, you know, I don't follow any man. I only follow God. But you will see a place where God says to you, a man says, follow me as I follow Christ. It's in the Bible. That you should follow a man. And then in the Bible it's also that looking unto Jesus. That means not looking unto anybody. Looking only unto Jesus. So there are times that you need to take your eyes or you, there, are, there are times that you need to be able to follow a real person that you can see. Otherwise you don't end up as anything. But your pride will always say, hey, me, I have my own Bible and I listen, I, I don't have to follow a man. It's just, he's a mere man. He's, it's just like, he's just like any of us. He's just a, a vessel. A God is using him. He has a lot of problems just like we have a lot of problems. 
So, I mean, there's nothing special that he has to say. We read, he reads the Bible, we also read our Bible. Oh, really? Why did God give apostles and pastors and teachers if you could just read your Bible? And when God gave apostles and pastors and teachers, whether the Bible, did the Bible say that God has, that God has given Bibles, New, New Testament, King James Version, New, New International Version, and whatever version? Is that what the Bible says? Is that what the word of God gave pastors and evangelists and prophets? Those are the real gifts to you, not even the Bible. Don't misunderstand me. For hundreds of years, there was no Bible. Listen to me, there was no Bible. Listen to me, there was no Bible. There were only pastors. And there were prophets. And there were teachers. And there were preachers. But there was no Bible. And it's recently that even the printing press was invented. Even recently that the electricity was invented. That's why when I was reading at Easter time or some other time, I was reading that Jesus didn't have a Bible. He was hard to visit. He was too poor to own. It was the few manuscripts. Few people will be blessed to have them. And so you say, oh, may I have my Bible? So I don't need. That's why you amount to nothing. That's why in terms of ministry and in terms of God, even some of us who say, me, I give my offering, I put my offering in the church. I, I, give, my, I give my offering, I pay my tithes, I pay my offering. Pastor should receive his salary and then everything's okay in the church. You know, that's, that's the way things should be. But you see, there's also a place where you are supposed to sow to the man of God. You're supposed to sow into the man of God. Directly. It's in Galatians 6, 6. Let him that is taught minister to the one who is teaching in all good things. In fact, from next year, we are going to be instituting what we call a prophet's offering. That if you are in church, you want to give an offering to the pastor directly, you can put in an envelope and write on it the prophet's offering and it should be given to him. Yeah. Because it's also true. It's part of the truth. It's in the Bible. We are walking in the truth. And that's what come up with starchy denominations. Where you have the pastor, the priest is there, they bring his toilet roll, they bring his soap, they bring this, they bring that to the house, and all kinds of things. And it's like the person should not have anything. You know, all this, we, as soon as we get one revelation, we just become frozen in that revelation, then we cannot. And like our church like this, we are not used to sowing into the man of God. It's something that we don't have. Next year, we are going to introduce what we call Galatians 6, 6 Sunday. Galatians 6, 6 says that let him that is taught in the word communicate to him that on that Sunday, I am going to receive the offering. I will teach you myself. I will receive the offering directly from you on that Sunday. Yeah. I will receive it myself. Because it's a truth in the Bible. I don't need it for anything. I don't need any money. I don't need any money at all. Now, I will receive because it's part of the truth. You see, I remember when I first started becoming a pastor, I said, oh, you know, I'm not like other pastors. No, that's how, it's pride, but I said, well, I'm not like other pastors. We don't, we don't. I, I used to boast, I said, we don't even receive, we don't even take offerings, Tuesdays, weekdays, we, we don't have offering. We, we don't, I mean, I felt so good. How many were here when we never used to take offerings? Tuesday service like that. Now you see me standing here, 20,000, 100,000 Tuesday. I'm dead, seriously. Movement, I'm moving. I cannot stay in my old ways and say that, whatever. I used to feel so good, you know. 
tithes, this. No, that's why I don't believe in tithes. I used to tell them, I don't believe in tithes. I used to say, well, I don't believe in tithes. What is tithes? Tithes is for old covenant. So we are not under the old covenant. That's how I used to talk. You see, but look, me, my eyes are wide open. I'm ready to learn something new tomorrow. I'm ready to move on. That's why I'm still, I'm still around. I'm ready to keep moving. If you like, listen to my preaching. You hear the graduation, gradual change. You hear different, different kinds of sermons. That time you come to church and you, you have notes. More than you can carry. 25 notes, 30 points, this point, that point. But at a point, I began to look at the people. I said, these people, they are writing the notes, but they are not reading them. I stopped to present my message in that form for certain reasons. I'm moving. Are you moving? Or you're just stuck? Or are you sleeping? Awake or sleeper? Sleep is another reason why sometimes there's no movement. Even in your sleep, you must move. You see, when you are sleeping, only 8% of your body is working. So you are almost dead. Everything has stopped. Just your heart is going. When the church is asleep, it's only 8% of the members work. Only 8% of the people are doing something. That means the church is sleeping. Hmm? You are about to die. Even when you are sleeping, you must move. When I first married, I used to see my wife, she would sleep at a particular place like that. And that is the same place that she would sleep. Sometimes the baby will be lying by saying, will you not roll on this baby? No, I will not roll. This is where I am. I shall be here forevermore till the morning shall come. But as for me, even when I'm sleeping, I'm moving. I'm moving. <laughs> I'm moving. We are going to start a new uh, kind of ministry in this church. It's called Mini Churches. We used to have Household of Faith, AOFM, Fellowship Group, Ministry, even Ministries. You know, we used to have Ministry, Shepherd, Fellowship. Those things are not working. <laughs> That's a fact. I mean, it takes humility to say it. Right? That is, the reality is that it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> You see, it takes humility to say, a wacky, a tuny. So we are going to start something new. You get it? Yeah. And those of you who are going to give yourself a train, want to have a little church in your house. Okay? All right? Yeah. And we are moving. We are moving on. Shepherds training. We are still training. New things. I never used to have crusades. Now I have crusades. I can't stay and die now. It's a bit early. Yeah. Tell somebody, it's a bit early to die. It's too young. How many are going to be part of something new? Huh? 
Sometimes I meet some of my pastors who used to be in the cathedral 10 years ago, and you, you see that they are, they say, we have been listening to a certain type, types of sheep, types of flocks, very old tapes. <laughs> types of sheep, types of flocks, and what? Types of hearers. <laughs> can do man. I mean, they are good messages. They really work. But you see, there are new things. And that's why you must be in touch. Otherwise, soon and very soon. Close your eyes. Just close your eyes for a minute. If Jesus comes now, and it's a quiet thing, when we wake up, when we open our eyes, how many of us will be here? Open your eyes again. Are you still here? <laughs> the, the Bible predicts that half of the church will be left. Because five out of ten is half. Five virgins were taken, five were left. The virgins signify the church. Two women were in the field, one was taken, one was left. Two men were grinding at the mill, one was taken, one was left. Huh? Will I be left? Will you be left? Who, so who will be left? So if you are left, who will be the pastor? And what are you going to teach now? Hey. Please, spark your engine and start moving. I said, spark your engine and start moving. Get into the flow of what the Lord is doing. Some pastors... They became lay pastors. They were so happy with being lay pastors that when it was time to be full-time pastor, they said, eh, no, we are doing more than, they said, I'm doing more than a full-time pastor. When I look at the work that I'm doing as a lay pastor, winning souls, doing this and that, and so sometimes I see some of these full-time pastors, they don't work much at all. We have gone to sacrifice and we've worked during the day, morning, evening, morning, evening. Then we come in the evening, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, we are putting in a lot for the work of God. So, uh, you know, a lot of these, uh, whatever, you know. Oh, yeah, it's true. No doubt. And so, some people have been surprised that some of the people who came to work full-time in the church, you say, I'm aware from this person. Eh, it's you, they didn't like it. That's why that person too came from nowhere. And children, who are my missionaries today? 20-something-year-old boys and girls. Because some people became, wouldn't want to do anything else. In fact, sometimes you have pastors calling some of the young missionaries and saying, are you sure you want to work for the church? Be, be, be careful. It's not only are they frozen, but they are trying to extend some of the ice. Let me rub you. You know how it is when the ice rubs you a bit? You get it, then you begin to feel cold. You don't like my message. It's a good message still. Because I've come nearer you, you don't want me to preach about it again. I'm coming to you, don't be angry with me. It's a good message still. Don't freeze up. Open your heart and let God speak to you. Open your heart and let God, God is always, and even from wherever you are, you can still move on. Don't never close your heart. One thing I learned from Uncle James. Uncle James is dead. But one thing I learned from Uncle James. I've not seen such a wise 
Christian, practical Christian, but he never spoke in tongues. In fact, one day he began to share with me about tongues, the benefits of tongues. He opened his Bible and was sharing me the benefits of tongues. Why tongues is an important and a very good thing. But he doesn't speak in tongues because he could show me certain things that you can see that not everybody should speak in tongues. That's it. And I've not had, I mean, in my most whatever charismatism and whatever, I always found him to be such a wise and good person to help and to, you know, help me in my ministry, in my life. Even one day I went to receive the Holy Spirit. He doesn't receive the Holy Spirit. He doesn't. And he will explain to you. When he sit down and open the Bible, you know that you don't know the Bible. You say you speak in time, but you don't know. I went, they prayed for me to receive the Holy Spirit. And then I, I didn't receive, but a lot of people were receiving. Somebody was praying. So I started to laugh. You know? I laughed and laughed and laughed, you know? And what happened was that I couldn't control the laughter anymore. So I laughed and laughed and laughed and I went outside. When I got outside, the devil met me and told me, you have sinned against the Holy Spirit and there is no forgiveness for this sin. You are going to hell because you are laughing at the Holy Ghost. Oh, I tell you, I was now in deeper trouble. I became more confused. It was Uncle Jim that I went to see to help me uh, to solve that confusion. <laughs> but I realized that you have to be open that sometimes somebody whom you don't think knows much or even you think is false, that person will be used by God to teach you something. I learned from my Mormons. Mormons. I know many of you think Mormons are false. I, I, I don't know whether they are false. I mean, I don't want to, I'm not making, now, stop there, right there. I caught you, I caught you right there. You were trying to say that, you know, when we went to church, Bishop said this and this and this and that. Okay, so no comment. But what I am saying is that I have learned something by watching their missionary work. Have you seen Mormons, missionaries, wearing their ties and going around? If we had lighthouse missionaries like that, it would be a great thing. Go to Takwadi, go anywhere in Ghana, you'll see the Mormon church there. And you know the name of the church? It's one of the best names. You, I don't know why we call them even Mormons, but it's one of the best names you could ever give to a church. Eh? Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. Latter-day Saints, Church of Jesus Christ. What other name is there? Compare that name, Church of Jesus Christ, with Lighthouse Chapel International. Church of Jesus Christ. What is Lighthouse and then Chapel and then International? None of these are in the Bible. But Church is in the Bible. Jesus Christ is in the Bible. Latter day is in the Bible. Saints is in the Bible. <laughs> hey, try not to close your mind to learn and grow. 
I'm telling you something. I'm telling you something. God still wants to use us after 20 years. He still wants us to be on the cutting edge. He wants to move on with us. Don't die just because you've been used by God in the past. Be open. When I look at all these people, I learn. Because I could, James, he didn't speak in tongues, but I could learn from him. I could learn, and I knew that he knew things which we didn't have. Because he was a wise old man. Not very old. Now you can't receive. You can't learn a new thing. Maybe there's a new way. Sister, there's a new way, brother. There's a new way to be a Christian apart from the old way when you were in your old church. Maybe there's a new way to be a Christian. You can learn it. Maybe all the Christians you knew in those days were Kululu Christians, but there are other types of Christians which are not Kululu Christians. God is doing something new. And I'm telling you something. In this last day, women and children, young people and women, I think that many men are going to be surprised. Because we will not believe that. Because many men, we don't believe that a woman can even pastor a church on her own. We don't even think so. You see, many men secretly don't think much of women. Although they don't say, they marry them, but they don't think much of them. But in this last day, women will be used. When Catherine Kuhlman came, many people couldn't relate with her. Look, as a doctor, a medical doctor, I have never seen miracles of that order. Ever. By anyone, including our Robert Benihin, anyone. In fact, I had a book written by a medical doctor with x-rays, scans, and all those things. With photographs on Catherine Kuhlman's healings. They had about maybe 15 of those miracles there with the scans. You see... There was a little girl, I don't know how old she was, she had the cancer of the hip. And to see the cancer, you have to trace the artery by x-ray, you know. So you see the artery coming up. It should have just gone straight. But because of the big cancer which was on the hip, like a, a, a kind of a, a, a big fruit, the artery came here and turned this way all around and came back into the girl. And you see the thing on the x-ray. Then you see the miracle service, the date. Cancer was healed. The thing shrank. Then they took the x-ray one year after. That come down. The x-ray two years after. Ask any doctor. What happens when somebody has a cancer, advanced cancer which has spread, which is big on the hip like that? Ask anybody. They will tell you where it ends. There's no hope. But you see the x-ray brain. You see they take the blood vessel going up like that. And then... The tumor is there. So instead of the blood vessel going up in the x-ray, it has turned like a hook because of a big cancer in the brain. And you see the man healed. The thing straightens, straightens one year, two years straight. Hey. But who, who did it? A woman. <laughs> the real rev. And who? Which, a divorcee. A divorcee. Do you understand when I say a divorcee? 
She married somebody. Her husband was a man who came as a visiting preacher to the church. She was the pastor of the church. He came visiting. He was the evangelist. After he came two, three times, she my, the man had a wife and two children. She married the man. Even the day that she died, after the wedding, when they were going home, she ran away from the car and ran away from the husband. So the husband got to his hotel, no wife. And she said, yeah. I don't want to marry the man again. I'm afraid of it. But she married him. She made a mistake or whatever. But this is the person who God used in miracles that most of us, when we have miracles, it's like a joke compared to what these people, what Catherine Kuma had. But you see, you've closed your mind. They said that, no, women should cover their hair. They shouldn't speak in the church. Go and read the other place where it says that older women should teach the younger women. So that one too is what? The woman who should... So that one too, what should we do about it? What do you think? Keep walking in the truth. I said keep walking in the truth. You will come to a high place. But don't be confused. How many are confused? I'm not confused. Don't be confused. Lift your hand and thank the Lord that you can keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, brother. Keep moving, sister. Keep moving, brother. your hands to the Lord. Ask the Lord to humble you so that you can move. Move. Spirit move. Do what you want to We just offer ourselves the best you as you choose Holy Spirit. How many want the Spirit to move?
Hallelujah. Look at me, everybody. One day, um, a brother called me from America. And after he talked with me for some time, he said he wanted to pray with me. And I remember his prayer. He said, give him new ways of doing old things. New ways of doing the old thing. God wants to give you a new way of doing the old thing. When I was in Seattle recently, an evangelist called Louis Palau, he came there. And he now no longer calls his crusades crusades. He calls it festival. So he calls it Louis Palau Festival. And they bring kebab and so many things there. Games. And he was saying, look, we have to modernize the way we are doing our outreach. So he calls his program Louis Palau Festival. Very strong event. One of the, like, they call him the Spanish Billy Graham. He, he said, don't, not, it's not a crusade, it's a festival. And they preach and thousands and thousands are saved. What do you think? New ways of doing the old thing. Very soon, crusades will not work in Accra. Do you know why? Because almost every space that used to be available for crusades has been taken up. In that far part, we have had crusades that now you cannot have a crusade there. Manprobi, we used to have a crusade on, there was a school there on that. Is this same pay? No, there was a school when you are going that traffic light. Is that up there? No, not Zongo Junction. This way. Anyway, there was a school there. We've had crusades there. They've walled it. It's gone. Osu, where will you have a crusade? Everywhere is taken. Soon, Crusade will not be practical, just like it's not practical in a place like London. If you don't move on, you will die in your old method. So God has to open our hearts to have new ways of doing the old things. Father, thank you for this invention, spirit of invention. As we go to our different churches, and as we go from here, Lord, Oh, even in our businesses, we are going to move on. Because the old calico we have been selling is not being sold. And the old newspapers we have been selling are not working. Give us new ways. New ways of doing the old things. We move ahead, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your will be done. And let your blessing come to your church. To our businesses, to our marriages. Give us new ways of doing old things that we've been doing. We receive excitement and new life into our lives. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you are here tonight, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to say, Pastor, pray for me, pray with me. I want to be born again. If you are here like that, just lift your right hand. I'm going to pray with you as we close. God bless you. Lift it up high. I see your hand. 
If you've lifted your hand, I want you to come to me in the front. I want to pray with you. Just come quickly. If you've lifted your hand, Pastor, I want to give my life to God. Pray for me. All right. Say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. I receive Jesus as my Savior. Please write my name in the book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.